0: This podcast is a bit different from previous ones. I won't be doing a lot of post production on it. No music transitions. Uh, this is the only intro we'll have, and I will do a small outro, I guess. I'm going to be doing this in two parts. Uh, this will be part one because it's an interview with a friend of mine, Alejandro Seri, who is the general sales manager at Casting Crewed Entertainment, which owns Final Draft. Is also the educational marketing and relations director for Final Draft. He's a festival winning feature film director a professional, award-winning screenwriter. Uh, He teaches at UCLA Extension. Um, I sat down with this terribly interesting man recently, and we talked about the business of writing, which he knows from several different perspectives, including meeting and interacting with some well-known A-list writers through his work at Final Draft and his continuing journey through Hollywood as a professional writer. Alejandro, thank you so much for uh, sitting with us. It was a great interview, and uh, I'm going to let the people decide for themselves, but I'm sure they'll agree with me. Thanks. Hi, this is Mark with uh, Pop Points Podcast. We are at uh, the beautiful campus at Orange Coast College in Costa Mesa. Uh, school is currently out, so there's nobody here, which is good. Uh, we can, we can run, uh, run rampant if we want to, except for those pesky security guards. Uh, but I'm here with, uh, a really, uh, wonderful human being. And I'm, I'll say that to his face and then I'll tell you the truth later, uh, after the, after the podcast. <laughs> his name is, I've known Alejandro Seri for, I don't know, uh, seven or eight years, 10 years, however long it's been. He is a, definitely a slash. Uh, currently he's working with, at Final Draft. Uh, give me your, your, what your titles are.
1: Uh, yeah, thank you, Mark. Um, I am the director of educational sales and marketing there, and uh, I'm also the general sales manager. So I run the sales floor as well as work in the educational market.
0: Cool. And also, he's a writer, producer. Uh, have you directed something yet?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. directed director. a feature yeah. film and a few other shorts.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the final draft portion of your life, and then we'll get into some of the writing and uh, producing. Uh, the one thing I love about Alejandro is he's still a working writer. He's still in, in the mix. And so, plus a, in his position at Final Draft, he gets involved with a lot of stuff uh, from a lot of people. And, and uh, like, for instance, the Big Break Awards, uh, which were just in February, uh, expose him and you know, his staff to a lot of really talented writers who are up and coming. And uh, you had the, uh, the, girl, the, uh, the girl, the woman who wrote The Help, um, as a, or not the help, I'm sorry, the post, the post. Uh, as a as a guest speaker, and she was really incredible. Uh, so uh, those kinds of things, uh, those opportunities must come to you quite a bit.
1: It, it's really great, uh, to work there because it does give me, uh, exposure to both the professional market and as well as the amateur market. So I'm able to, kind of sit in the middle and and see how the people that are getting paid do it and their concerns and their issues general issues creative issues technical issues business issues and then at the same time uh you know see the up and coming writers the people whether they're starting out uh in the educational market you know college students or high school students that mm-hmm. are learning screenwriting and um you know doing a workshop at their school, as well as the adult, uh, that comes in and buys our software and starts to learn writing and and takes a crack at it. So, um, there are definitely, um, some huge similarities between all these groups Mm, (laughs) and you'd be pretty surprised even with the, uh, award winning and paid writers, you know, some of the issues that they deal with. Um, so you see the common issues, and then you see the differences, and 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 you know, with the folks that are already out there getting paid and winning awards, sometimes those differences you really learn what makes a difference, what what contributed to their success. That
0: step, whatever that step was. Yeah. Is there, in your opinion, is there a Do we ever lose that fear of failure, or, you know, like being replaced by the latest, greatest, upcoming writer? Is that is that you find that to be? I I don't,
1: you know, the, the, the feasibility of that happening is always there, whether it's a fear, once you're a working writer, I I don't know if it's a fear, if it seems like the very experienced guys that you talk to, they've just, uh, come to accept that they might get rewritten, they might get fired, um, the, the, the healthier ones have a good sense of humor about it, um. Lennon and Garant come, come to mind, their book, uh, you know, and right. a lot of, you know, their skits deal with, uh, you know, the process of being fired and rewritten. And, now, you know, now, explain
0: who they are. They're one, They're wonderful, wonderful writers. They, they
1: are uh, the creators of uh, Reno 911 and um, that at the museum, and they... Uh, Luckily, for us, a final draft they 've uh, emceed, hosted our award show several times, they were, and they were great very, very funny guys and, and, and sweethearts in, in person and they wrote a, a great book about screenwriting that deals uh, with a little bit of everything, the craft but also the business, which is what I really like that they you know jumped into that and I think they have a chapter dedicated to how to successfully be fired. <laughs> And the idea is how to get fired and get rehired in the future because right. there is a way to walk out that door right, right. and have that door shut permanently versus, you know, stay open a little bit. And, and they're masters at being able to walk back in because they have such great personalities. Yeah. Um, and that's that's important. And, and actually, that gets to some of what I wanted to talk to, uh, you know, your audience about today, the the idea of the writer, <clears throat> both as a as a filmmaker and as a business person because it it simply is not enough to to write you can't write something and sit there and wait for it to sell itself Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. even if you have a manager an agent it's still not enough Um, and those guys are are just great at uh, talking about that process now have
0: you uh, you've been in the business for a while and I have too have you found that most of the time it's not even the agent or the manager that gets you the gig? It's somebody you know, or some interfacing you did, uh, some sort of networking thing, or a or, uh, refer- refer- referral from uh, another producer.
1: Um, ab- absolutely, I, I think. Uh, I, you know, exception maybe being people that are at that highest level, right, you know, right, multi-million right. dollar level. But uh, yeah, y- you really. First of all an agent versus a manager an agent is there to direct the deal once the deal is in motion or just about to fall into motion that's where an agent steps in mm-hmm. so they're basically they represent you know your your financial interests they are not there to get the boulder rolling from from standstill Um, That's more your job. And if you're lucky enough or early in your career, your manager might step in and help with that. Uh, A manager, um, when they take on an unknown writer, their job is to nurture that career, help build a career for you. Direct it, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as the actual selling process though, really the agent steps in once the deal is in motion. Mm -hmm. So you can't sit there and expect your agent to do everything for you. And in some cases, not even your manager can do that or is willing to do that. Um, so yeah, you, you do have to do a lot of your own hustling Mm -hmm. and, and that goes beyond just going out and networking with people that that's step one, of course, but, uh, there's even more that's involved. You, you you have to take responsibility for your career and for your material. and, And that means rolling up your sleeves.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I mean, I I write, I try to write every day um, and I I preach to my students that you're never going to be a good writer unless you just continue to work at it. So when you say roll up your sleeves, I mean, do we have a different opinion about that? Is that just sitting your ass down and writing or is it uh, other things?
1: Well, obviously, if you are a writer, you have to write. And and if you write, you do have to pretty much write every day, Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's only for five or ten minutes because it's a crazy day. You have to get that brain muscle used to writing. It's a good point. And right. writing on on command. Right, you know, on schedule. Not uh, two hours of hanging out at a Starbucks <laughs> waiting for inspiration to strike. And <laughs> I got to get in the mood. You know, when you first begin writing, you go through that. But uh, believe me, uh, you can't make a career out of mm. that kind of a habit. So, yes, writing every day, ideally. But beyond that, I mean, there there are some brilliant writers out there, but that's all they do is write. And that's, that really is not enough. Yeah. So, um, phase two, I would say is obviously getting out there, networking, meeting people. Um,
0: and where do, where do people meet people? I mean, are they like, I went on Wednesday, I went to a blacklist event in, on Melrose and it's not, I found out it's not the same blacklist as the one that that's supposedly around Hollywood. But it seemed like everybody was just looking for that person to to give their business card to. Uh, is that really a viable? Is that the networking you're talking about? Or
1: well, yeah, definitely hitting events um, like that. Uh, Final Draft does uh, meetups. We oh, try to do them once a month. Mm. Um, volunteering for a film festival or a conference is a Mm -hmm. great way to be exposed to a lot of people without dropping a fortune. Mm. Um, attending film festivals, even if you're paying, whether you're competing or just going to watch films and attend the parties, that's another uh, way to do it. Um, but even when you're doing this, you, you need to stand out. You can't reek of desperation. Um, (laughs) certainly don't be the guy that stands up at a at a panel and asks how do I sell my script yeah, or, or yeah. how do I get an agent the number one don't be that guy yeah right? don't be that guy um, not that there's anything wrong with wanting to know that process and that's kind of what we're talking about here today i mean there's there's nothing wrong with not knowing mm-hmm. but uh you don't go to these events Hoping that somebody's going to sign you or buy your script right. and you walk out—that just does not happen that way. Um, but you want to meet people, and you want to meet people that will be your peers as you move up in your career, as they move up in your career. So sometimes, if you are shooting too high, you know, if, if you're going to an event because some Oscar-winning producer is going to be at the event. Um, you really can't go there thinking you're going to sell in your script. Right. That's why you're going. Right. You're there to meet people like yourself, yourself, people that are starting out, um, people that you're going to come up with. Mm-hmm. Because um, if you look back on successful TV um, writing groups or comedy troops, um, these are people that started from the ground level mm-hmm. and became friends and worked together. And they didn't just, overnight become this successful comedy troupe or writing team, you know, they paid their dues, they came up, they helped each other. They did anything they, anything
0: and everything, right? It's kind of like being a garage band. You never turn down a gig. You, you, you you do the, you do whatever due diligence you need to get your, your face and your
1: experience. Right. Yeah. And, and and you can't expect to simply break into an already successful group like that and, and be taken on, as a newbie. Um,
0: well, doesn't, isn't that what makes right now so exciting to be a writer is you have all these other venues you have, you can, you can be a YouTube success. You can be, you know, you can go viral. You, there's a lot you can do with self-production that gets your, your message out.
1: Right. Yeah. You, you really need to develop uh, your writing and your other filmmaking uh, skills and it, it's hard to do that sitting, you know, in your living room with a notebook computer and, right. and being isolated from the world. You have to get out there and do things. So what you are going to these events for is to meet your peers, people that are at your level that you're going to climb the ladder with and you're mm-hmm. going to help each other all along the way. And then, you know, 10 years later, you, you're, you're part of that super successful comedy troupe here. You're, you're part of Saturday night live mm-hmm. or in living color or a group like that. And, and, you know, that's the way it happens. So I think sometimes with, uh, new writers and experienced writers, they go to these events thinking they're going there to sell something, um, that very, very rarely happens. Now I know that's how a lot of these things and pitch events are, are, they're marketed that way, but they're there to get your money, right? You know, don't, don't believe what you read, uh, if it's marketing. So, you know, that may be how they pitch it to you, but you have to be more realistic going in. And, you know, not just to manage your expectations, but also you d- you don't want to look bad. You don't, right. once again, you don't want to be that guy. Well, there,
0: the idea of going to a pitch fest and actually selling something sounds perfect, right? You have, you have, you get five people you can pitch to. They're all uh, people at certain production companies, but the reality is how many people are they processing through that event? How many are actually going to read whatever you send them or how many are going to ask for whatever you're you. So I think preparation, right? That, that's gotta be the number one thing. Cause if you only have one, um, if you only have one thing to sell, you have one chance to succeed or one chance to fail. But if you have several, you can always maybe come back to that.
1: Absolutely. Um, you, you should never go out in the world just armed with one thing right. because that one thing may have gotten you the meeting, but, you know, five minutes into the meeting, they're going to turn to you and say, so what else have you got? Right. <laughs> loved your script. What else have you got? Yeah. Well, if you loved it, why don't you? No, no. You know, what else have you got? Yeah. What are you working on next? People always want to know what's next. Because right. they know that chances are you got that meeting because they like that script, whether they read it or not, maybe they like the pitch on it. Right. Uh, They know that idea has already been mopped all over town. (laughs) And if you're there talking to them, it's because you haven't sold it yet. So even though it's a good idea, it's simply your your entry into the room. But being in the room is probably not about selling that project. It's about seeing what you are. Can they invest in you as a writer, as a filmmaker? Can they count on you? you know, to produce a lot of great material,
0: right? Or at least they're whatever they're looking for next or whatever. Yeah, I've I've had so I've had two experiences with with uh, meetings, where I've walked in and pitched my idea. And in the middle of it, they say, stop, let me stop you right there. We're already developing a project like that. And that happens. And so you got to move on to the next one. The other one is uh, what what really got me started was uh, they said, I went to a company and they said, well, we're not going to buy your script. We don't do science fiction, but we liked your writing. And then they called me back six months later. And uh, so those, those things happen a lot. You know, they're pretty disappointing when you walk, you think you're going into Hollywood, you know, you think you're going into, you know, I, I've got it made. Somebody asked for my script or somebody listened to my pitch. The truth is it's a, it's a crapshoot. It's a, it's a numbers game, right?
1: Yeah. It, it's really, uh, it's no different than any other job interview. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, if I'm at work and I need to hire you know, sales associate, I'm going to look at a stack of well, resumes that's a good point. and you know, there are going to be some pretty impressive resumes in there. But until I get that person in front of me and we could talk and, and see how they are as a human being, you know, I don't know if they could handle being on the phone right. with my customers. Um, you know, how you are in person means a lot. Yeah. Um, your resume gets you in the door. So the pitch, that script got you in the door. That's your resume. But once you're in the door, It's about how you are as a human being. Right. And, and unfortunately in this town, um, writers do not get enough respect and, and, you know, true that I'm kind of on a mission to, to help writers gain more respect, um, But that begins with the writer respecting themselves. Absolutely. And and there's certain things that you you really just need to do and things you need to not do in public to to be able to. You mean dress
0: like I do? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dress for success, is that one of them? Pick your nose while you're going into the meeting. The
1: the mismatched sandals, just, you know, (laughs) it's not the way to walk into your pitch meeting. But, um, you know, you have to respect yourself. You have to respect your craft. You have to respect people's time yeah. uh, that, that you're sitting down with. Don't waste pe- Oh, boy. Don't waste people's time. Right, right. Don't waste people's energy right. in, in anything in life. Don't don't ever do that. Yeah, don't
0: walk into, uh, like, uh, for instance, uh, John Davis's production company. I, I don't even know if he's still in business. And pitch uh, Predator or Dr. Doolittle or whatever else he's done because – he's not going to buy you a script chances are, unless they're looking for a writer for the sequel. Yeah. So, you know.
1: so being good in the room is, is a big deal. So I think that the best thing you could do if you're doing one of these pitch events, um, you know, you're, you're paying hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. for five minutes of an executive's time. Um, I think the best thing you could do is sell yourself. And the best thing you could gain from it is a relationship. Mm. Good point. So um, if you go in there and you are prepared to sell them yourself as a businessman, I think it's the best thing you could do.
0: So approach it like it's a job interview, Uh, like you're going to try to uh, get a position, right? You're not... You can't be obsequious, and you can't be, you know, sullen. You have to be kind of, you know, in between, and and you're pitching, you're selling yourself, is what you're
1: saying. Yeah, because chances are that the person you're meeting with is probably working in development, and that means that if they were to ever hire you or buy one of your projects. They're going to spend a lot of time with right. you. Right. That's a good months point. Months and months, maybe even years. Right. And, and at a certain point, you know, they may actually be spending hours, you know, 10 hours with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Story
0: meetings and production and meetings. Developing and, and, yeah. and, all and all
1: that. And people need to know that they could get along with right. you and not want to kill you at the after <laughs> an hour. And in, no matter how brilliant of a writer you are, people will not tolerate... Right. That's right. You know, people that lack social skills or, or lack common sense and business sense. So you, these are things that I think you could go into a meeting and sell yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold a script with uh, my writing partners a few years ago, and I feel that um, a big part of how that worked out was the fact that we were prepared to produce this film as a low budget indie film. mm mm-hmm. So we went through the process of uh, breaking down the script, scheduling it, budgeting it. Um, At that time, uh, the idea was that this is something that I would direct. I had already directed before. And, you know, we had worked out the logistics of how we could shoot this film over, you know, a short vacation break and a few weekends. So, you know, I could still do it while at work. Mm -hmm. My writing partner, uh, Johnny Silver, was going to produce and, um, so we had the whole project worked you, out. You
0: walked in with a complete package. We
1: literally walked in with the game plan,
0: breakdown, and uh, breakdown, schedule, and, right.
1: boards, budget, um, marketing plan, distribution plan. Wow. We did their work for them. And because we were talking to people, it was right when things were starting to change and, and, you know the lower budget, even more India than ever before a uh, trend was starting because technology was just making things more affordable. So we felt like a lot of these companies did not know how to make small films. Mm-hmm. And we were right. I mean, you know, a lot of these people we were talking to, um, we were talking to them because we wanted their reach. We wanted their kind of distribution. distribution. Sure. Reach. That's a key. Yeah. The problem was that we were bringing them a film that was much smaller than they were used to. And our job was to convince them not to be afraid of going small and, and hopefully coming out of it with something that's big and successful. What's what was the budget approximately? Um, we were looking at doing this when we were going to uh, produce this ourselves. We were looking at about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars budget, wow. which is nothing. Nothing, um, yeah. And, and we wrote it. You know, we worked backwards since Johnny and I both were already directors. Um, and our, our other partner, Steven Scarlata, was uh, already underway preparing um, Jodorowsky's Dune, which is a documentary. Mm.
0: That got oh a yeah, lot of yeah, right. I remember. That. So, yeah.
1: so we, you know, we all went to film school. We had our our producers and directors hats on when we wrote this. We worked backwards from okay, uh, Alejandro has you know two weeks worth of vacation and <laughs> you know four weekends. How do we write something that we could shoot in that time frame? That's amazing. Know? How do we limit obviously our locations, all that stuff? So right. we we literally worked backwards from that formula. What genre? Um, it was a thriller. Okay. And then once we had that done, then we worked forward from that, and and we did the schedule again, the breakdown, the schedule, the budget. Um, and where did you where? Excuse me.
0: Where did you learn to do that? I mean, how do you learn to do budgeting and scheduling and all that stuff?
1: Well, uh, all three of us had gone to film school. We learned it in film school, but okay. it's really, it's really not that hard uh, of a thing to learn. And in fact, if you use Final Draft right now, uh, there's an app, and very few people know about this, but there's an app called Tagger that you could download for free if you are a legitimate registered owner of Final Draft. Tagger is the software that producers and production teams, and ads, and anyone who's prepping for a film uses to prepare that FDX script file to be broken down. In other words, analyzed. It does it. This it does that it automatically. It, it's not that it does it automatically. You still have to make choices, oh, okay. but it, it is a piece of software that is uh, created to tag with metadata, the pieces in your script that need to be bought, hired, paid for on that movie set or they don't appear interesting. So props, extras, stunts, really special effects, audio, like, uh, you know, uh, greenery, scenery, you know, set dressing, everything, costumes, everything that a film needs on the set in order to shoot that day has to be accounted for. Somebody doesn't catch that. If somebody doesn't rent it or buy it or steal it, it's not just going to appear on the set. Right. So the way that a producer, make sure they have all that is to go through your script and break it down. So the process of breaking down the script is reading it, going through it, analyzing it. And, you know, back in the day when you were still dealing with printed scripts, literally highlighting with a marker, Mm -hmm. every prop, Mm -hmm. every sound Mm -hmm. effect, everything that was needed. What Tagger does is it allows you to digitally tag those pieces of information in the script. and, And it basically, it lays down the metadata that defines what it is, And then when you export that file and and then import it into scheduling and budgeting software, Mm -hmm. all that stuff is laid out, including your page counts. You know, script pages, when you're talking about productions, they're looked at in eighths of a page. Okay. And a producer says, how much can we shoot today? he's looking at how many eighths of a page. So a full page is obviously eight eighths of a page. Right. Um, you did that math in your head too, right? You, you, yeah, you know. You're really good at that. You know, when, when, when I've had my coffee, I can do it in my head. <laughs> Otherwise, I need time to need it for right? <laughs> But, uh, you know, so that, that's the process you go through. And, and I bring that up simply to say, you know, most of you are, are hopefully serious screenwriters out there. So that means you're using Final Draft go to our website, go get tagger, take any script that's complete that you have and tag it. I'm going to do that. That it will literally change your life. If you want to write for a, a lower budget independent market, mm-hmm. the best thing you could do is produce or direct a film, right? Because you will then understand what it takes. That's a nitty gritty. You is, know, yeah. if you can't do that, maybe the next best thing you could do is get tagger, mm-hmm. tag your script, break it down, analyze it in that way it will give you a whole new understanding of how expensive every word you put down can be. Yeah. Um,
0: I I would hope that wouldn't, I mean, I, I've been doing this for a long time so I can write the budget. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm pretty close with, they say a million dollars or 500,000 or whatever it is. But I, I I, sometimes I worry that my students are going to make decisions creatively based on a budget, you know, or the idea that they need to sell it to a certain budget. I mean, do you think that's an issue or is it?
1: well yeah you know you've really you go into any script with a certain game plan and then uh, as you know sometimes that game plan can change on you and uh, it's probably best once the momentum is rolling if you feel like this script wants to be a bigger film and it will be a better film because you've allowed it to be a bigger film Mm -hmm. then by all means let it let it let it go let it go and let it become what it wants to become um, on the other hand, if it's getting expensive because you're just unaware of what right. expensive means, that's where something like breaking down your script with Tagger could be a very educational experience.
0: Or if you're, if you read about somebody looking for a limited location script or a certain budget, you can get closer to that with using Tagger and stuff. Yeah.
1: So. And then there, you know, there's Tagger and there's some, uh, nice reports and production tools that are already built into final drafts yeah, that allow you to look and analyze. For example, you know, do you have 10 scenes at all take place in 10 different locations? Is there any way that you could make it two locations, mm, five mm-hmm, scenes mm-hmm, each or something mm-hmm. like that? And these reports can help you look at that information and kind of analyze that. Cause when you're writing, you don't, you don't see that. You don't think about that. Right. But you go through this process once or twice and you'll become much more aware of those things.
0: It might be good for a rewrite, you know, for do the the creative stuff first and then do uh, a tagger and look at what you're into and then do a rewrite.
1: Absolutely. Because, um, you know, when when you're in there, you're seeing the tree, you don't see the forest and and this gives you a chance to see the the entire forest. So that's one thing you could do, for example, um, and, and we did it on that project. So.
0: So when you went into the let's because we, we we I've interrupted you a couple of times, but when you went into the meeting uh you brought this entire package, a breakdown budget uh how it could be done simply because you didn't want them to be afraid of a low budget film, but that also had to impress them from your your
1: due diligence,
0: your conscientiousness. It,
1: Absolutely. I mean, we we figured we're going in there to convince them to make a smaller film than they're used to making. Mm -hmm. Um, And and not just, okay, how do you pull this off? Because inevitably, you know, the executive might say, well, that's impossible. Well, you know, he's a guy that maybe he has never actually made films. (laughs) Maybe he didn't go to film school. Maybe he hasn't produced. Good chance. That's that's true. He's an executive. So, you know, you can't blame the guy for not actually knowing how do you shave a million dollars off a film. So we went in prepared to show the logistics of how this could be done, but not only that, but you know, we, we also gave them uh, laid out a marketing and a distribution plan and, and, and how you could exploit some of the ancillary markets. And, you know, we really thought it through to help have a, a serious conversation with them. and, what we found um and this was just really eye opening you know we had done this simply because we were prepared to do it ourselves, and mm-hmm. we kind of went in with that attitude like mm-hmm. we're gonna make this film ourselves, but we just want to see if maybe you wanted to make it great great, great way us. to go in um, and what ended up happening was a lot of these executives they were very impressed with the fact that they weren't dealing with uh what they would consider the typical writer, you know once again, there's not always the the, you know the highest of respect for writers out there and we went in and we kind of showed them that we were businessmen right. not just writers right. and the conversation suddenly it moved on to the next stage uh, you know when, when you're selling and when you study you know salesmanship there's stages acts to the sale just like a film has and we immediately moved to that next right. act right. it was no longer about Convincing them that this story needed to be made, they now wanted to talk business. And you know, when you talk business, you're closer to talking about money. And when you're talking about money, things are about to get real, (laughs) right? Love it. So that that's what happened. So we walked away from that um, with a lot of great relationships. You Uh know, a lot of what happened from those rounds of meetings was that we met a lot of people that respected us and that we could then go back to for anything, Mm -hmm. And, and they took us serious. Um, a lot of these meetings, we, you know, we happened to go to one of these pitch conference type of events and there were a lot of managers that we met with and we really, we connected with them, you know, after that event, you know, everyone bellies up to the bar and we were immediately surrounded by these guys. They wanted to know more about us and wow. stay in touch and, and, and that was great. And, you know, people would ask back then, Hey, do you have a manager? And I would tell them, I don't have a manager. I have 10. I have 10 friends who happen to be managers and because they don't represent me, I could talk to them without them feeling like I'm bugging them about Did you sell my script? Did (laughs) you sell my script? So we then use, we use that pool of managers as our development team. So it's like we were our own studio. We had an army of people that had their finger on the pulse of what's going on. And then with the next project, we could turn to them and say, I'm going to send you something. If you have some time, can you read it? Can you just give me some feedback as far as what the market is Mm -hmm. like right now with something like this fly? It wasn't, Hey dude, can you sign me? You know? No, it it was like, I have a product that I want to take to market. would love some of your advice on it. Mm -hmm. And and it was a whole different approach and and we were able to do that. And, you know, and finally we, we ended up signing with, an agent and a manager, but uh, you know what carried us through were those relationships until we were at that sure. point. And of course, once we had an agent and a manager, they were nothing like these people who weren't our managers. Yeah, they didn't right. give us enough time, et cetera. We were kind of spoiled. By
0: Amen. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to take a short break, just a pause for a commercial. Uh, this is Pot Points Podcast. I'm speaking with Alejandro Seri from Final Draft. Uh, my name is Mark Sevi. You can find a lot of this uh, information. I'll do it. I'll put it in the show notes. Alejandro will provide some links for some of the things we're talking about. Uh, but we're also uh, also want to mention we're a project of OC Screenwriters. So uh, go to ocscreenwriters.com. You can also the, uh, the 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 podcast itself has a website plotpoints.com where where the, the the shows show up. But you can find us on iTunes and a whole bunch of other places. So. So that was part one of my interview with Alejandro Seri from Final Draft. Part two will air uh, or drop, as they say, in the biz next week. I hope you enjoyed it. Looking forward to the next part. Thank you, Alejandro, and be inspired. Do good work.
1: Is that a different sound? Get things going, okay Okay